0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 5, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: I didn't get saved until I was 21 years old. But I missed many, many, many years. It all started with just one joint. One. Sin begins small like leprosy. Are y'all tracking with me? Sin begins small like leprosy, but it will spread and ultimately defiles and deadens and destroys. Number two, sin is like leprosy because watch this. It desensitizes a person. Are you listening? It desensitizes a person. The longer a person continues in sin, the more they lose sensitivity about that sin. So they reach a point like the leper, they are past feeling. Well, this is what Paul said in Ephesians chapter four. You write that down. Ephesians four eighteen and 19. He said, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them who being past feeling, feeling having given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. You see, when someone is past feeling about their sin, it's really hideous and they are being destroyed and they don't even know it. And might I even add an insert, our culture is being desensitized and our culture is being destroyed and many of us are oblivious to it and we don't even know it. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands, because that's the truth. Because that's the truth. Is that the truth? I'm coming down to 95. I've got the radio on. I'm turning because, you know, i got to stay awake, which would be a good thing if you're behind the wheel. And I'm turning the radio stations because I like to just turn, turn, turn. It keeps me awake. It keeps me occupied. I'm by myself. It keeps me doing something. And I'm listening to this commercial and that commercial and this commercial and I'm driving by and I see this billboard and you turn on your television, you turn to this channel and that channel and don't you know this culture is so sin-saturated with sex and we're being desensitized to it. And you go to the magazine rack at the, at the Harris Teeter you can't even stand at the Harris Teeter line without being inundated with something sexual on the magazine rack. And they're selling chewing gum with a sexual connotation. Now what in the world does Wrigley's Spearmint chewing gum have to do with sex? <laughs> I mean a girl's chewing sex, shaving, shaving. What in the world? Ain't nothing sexy about shaving, fellas say amen. See? Ain't nothing sexy about shame. you try to get that stuff off and roll. But everything, the culture is just being saturated. And what's happening is our minds are being dulled. And our sensitivity is being darkened. And then you even have people, parents in the church. I know nobody here, trust. I understand that, but nobody here. But even in the church, I've had people tell me that they believe that, well, you know, I, I, you know, I just, I just feel that it's important that if my child is going to, you know, have sexual activity, there was nothing we can do. We can't stop them. I mean, kids are kids. Nothing we can do about it. So, you know, we just get him the condoms and we tell him he needs to stay home because I'd rather him be in a safe environment than be out there and be in an unsafe environment. That's just stupid. That's dumb. Let me tell you something. If you want to sin in my house, you can't. Wasn't that deep and theological? Ooh, that was good. I should have thought of that first and second. If you want to sin in my house, you can't. You need to sin out there. But I'm not going to give you the tools in order for you to commit sin and violate the laws of God. That'd be like me telling you go ahead and stand on the train track and I'll catch you later. And I know the train is coming at this time and I put you there just about 30 seconds before and oh, okay, see you later. But we're being desensitized to what God calls right and wrong. I still believe, I'm sorry, don't shoot the messenger. I still believe that there is this thing called right and there's this thing called wrong. Can I get a witness, anybody? I still believe that. How and I still believe that? That there's a right and there's a wrong. God's word is right and everybody else is wrong. And what God's word says that we ought to do and not allow the world to squeeze us into its mold and to push us into thinking the way that they think. I don't believe in safe sex and I don't believe in protected sex. I believe in sex during marriage and marriage only. Is there anybody who agrees with that? That's what God's word says. I don't, I don't believe the Bible says you need to live together. I, 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 I didn't say this first or second, so it's for y'all. I don't believe God's word says we need to live together, so we need to see how we get along, because, you know, it might not work out. God's word doesn't say that. God's word doesn't say that. If you love her, then marry her don't live with her and cause her to live in sin or cause him to live in sin and thus violate the laws of God and then want to get married in the church and ask God to bless it? How can God bless mess? How can he? That's what happens. I'm just telling you what happens. This is what I know. If you want to be blessed by God, then do things God's way. Y'all all right with that? If you ain't all right, you're going to be all right. Huh? Do things God's way. So sin is like leprosy in a desensitizing, that it desensitizes a person. And then finally, sin is like leprosy because it is humanly, watch this, incurable. It can't be healed. It must be cleansed. Now listen close. Nowhere in the Old Testament or the New Testament was leprosy ever spoken of as being healed. The reason is leprosy was cleansed. If you had leprosy, you needed a miracle. If you had leprosy, you didn't go to the doctor. You went to the priest who would diagnose your leprosy. Now, again, in Leviticus chapter three, it's a very long chapter on leprosy. And the reason it's a very long chapter on leprosy is because God wanted the priest, not the doctor, but the priest to be very, very clear and to be very, very careful in his diagnoses of leprosy. He did not, God did not want the priest to make a mistake because sometimes in the initial stages, leprosy could look like eczema. Leprosy could look like psoriasis or, or, or leprosy could look like poison oak or poison ivy. And you wanted to be very careful. You, you, you wouldn't want to, to take a quick look at someone and then say, oh, well, you have leprosy and then put them outside into a leper colony only to find out that they only had poison ivy. So only Jesus can cleanse a leper from his leprosy and only Jesus can cleanse a person from their sin. Can you say amen? Now, notice in verse 12, again, I got to point this out as Dr. Luke points this out. This man was full of leprosy. That means that his nose is probably gone. His lips are gone. His ears are gone. Probably some fingers and toes are gone and he comes to Jesus And the man is breaking the law when he came to Jesus. But don't you know, anybody who comes to Jesus, he will never turn his back on you. Do you know that? If you take a step toward Jesus, listen. If you take a step toward Jesus, Jesus will take a step toward you. Because John chapter 6. Verse 37 says, all that the father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast him out. You take a step toward Jesus. Jesus takes a step toward you. This leper took a step toward Jesus and Jesus took a step toward him. This man, this leper not only needed to be changed, but he wanted to be changed. Do you? He wanted to be changed. And he said, Lord, if you are willing You can make me clean. Now, we don't know exactly what he is saying. Is he saying, Lord, I believe you are powerful enough, but I don't know what your heart is in this matter or in this plan or what your plan is? Or is he saying, Lord, all you have to do is exercise your will and it will happen. More like an affirmation of the power of Jesus more than a question. But notice in verse 13, Jesus put out his what? His hand. And he touched him and said, I am willing. Now listen, Jesus could have just spoken a word and the man would have been healed. You know that. He's done it before. He could have said, stand over there and you'll be healed. But Jesus touched him. Why? Listen, why did Jesus touch him? Because I believe Jesus touched him because Jesus always meets us at the point of our greatest need. And in this case, this man's greatest need was to be touched. His greatest need was to be touched. You see, you have to understand. I mean, think about it. This guy's a leper. He hasn't felt the human touch for many, many years. In years, in in many years, maybe he was married and he hadn't hugged his wife. Maybe he had children, And he hadn't picked up his kids in many, many years. In years, he hasn't shaken a hand of anyone. And for years, this man had lived in a leper colony outside the city alone, alienated and isolated. And now Jesus touches him. And I wonder, here's my sanctified imagination at work. I just wonder, when Jesus touched him, what I wouldn't give to have had a DVD of this scene. When Jesus touched that man, I wonder if he flinched. Or when Jesus reached out and touched him, did Jesus grab his face tenderly? And did the man take his hand and put it here? And just kind of bask in that touch first time in many, many years. But Jesus touched this man. The Bible says immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Mark and Matthew tell us immediately he was made whole. When Jesus immediately, Mark and Matthew tells us, immediately he was made whole. When Jesus touched him, get this, immediately he was made whole. If he had lost any fingers, immediately those fingers, pop, 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 came back. Snapped back in place. His toes, pop, popped back on. His nose came back. His eyelids probably came back. His lips were put back on. His ears were back on the side of his head and his skin became as smooth as a baby's bottom immediately. Isn't that awesome? That's the God we serve immediately. I'm gonna wait while you clap your hands. I'm gonna wait. And get this, and get this, and get this. According to Jewish custom, listen, it was unlawful to touch a leper. And I'm confident, here's my sanctified imagination at it again. I am confident there was some religious folk there. Y'all know how religious folk are. Oh, wait a minute, hold on, partner. You touched a leper. That's against the law. You're guilty of the law. They're always trying to trap Jesus in something. You're guilty of the law. They only have one problem. When Jesus touched the leper, he wasn't a leper anymore. Things that make you go,
0: hmm.
1: Like, well, he was a leper. You were guilty, but I guess now you're not. We'll just go home. (laughs) And if this leper, if this leper knew song, if it had been written, the song that the Gathers wrote, he touched me, he would have been singing it. You know, if people got their top 20. The leper would have had the top one. He just had one song. He touched me. You know, the song goes, the words are, oh, he touched me. He touched me. And oh, with joy that floods my soul. Somebody say it with me. Something happened and now I know. He touched me and made me whole. Bet your leper would have been singing that song. He touched me and he made me whole. Well, then in verse 14, go ahead and look at it. Jesus does this awesome miracle. Go ahead and look at verse 14. Jesus does this awesome miracle and then he tells him, don't tell anybody. And that's hilarious. Jesus tells him, don't tell anybody. This guy's what? Supposed to say, okay, I won't tell anybody. I'll just continue to act like a leper. Or I'll just walk around my wife and kids and we'll just keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody. And the interesting thing is, listen, the Lord told him not to tell anybody. And guess what he did? He told everybody. And conversely, the Lord tells us to tell everybody. And guess what we do? We tell nobody. I know there's nobody in this room, but we don't tell anybody. The Lord told him to keep quiet and he made it known. The Lord tells us to make it known and we keep quiet. And the same man that once cried unclean, unclean, unclean is now crying, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. And then Jesus said, don't tell anybody, but what? Go to the priest and make an offering. Go ahead and look at verse 14. Verse 14. Go to the priest and make an offering according to the commandment of Moses. Now, you have to understand what's happening here, saints, because this is beautiful. As I mentioned, Luke chapter, pardon me, Leviticus 13 deals with how to diagnose a leper. And I'm sure many priests looked at Leviticus 13 in the past but we don't have any record, get this, we don't have any record that there was ever a leper cleansed in Israel. We have Miriam who was cleansed before the law was given after Moses prayed for her. You got Naaman that was cleansed in the days of Elisha. But there's no record that there was ever a leper who was cleansed. In fact, listen, there was nothing recorded that a priest ever took a look at Leviticus 14 on what to offer in the event that a leper was cleaned or cleansed. So if a leper had never been cleansed, then that begs the question why do we have Leviticus 13 and 14? Is God playing a joke here? No, I don't think so. Keep in mind, God knows the end from the beginning. And it could be that chapter 14 was written for Caiaphas and Annas, who were the high priests at this time. It was written so that they would know what to do in this day that this leper was cleansed. Because they wouldn't have known what to do. Now, Leviticus chapter 14 tells us a leper, get this, I'll read it to you just really quickly, just give you a few highlights. Leviticus chapter 14 Tells us a leper was to come to the priest and bring two birds, one clay pot, one stick of cedar wood, one scarlet thread and one branch of hyssop. And they were to take the bird and to kill the bird and to pour running water over the bird and the water would fill the pot. And then they take the live bird and tie it to the cedar wood and dip the live bird in the bloody water and then take the live bird and release him. And let him fly away. That's Leviticus 14. And then they were to take the leper and he was to be sprinkled seven times in this bloody water. Saints, listen, all of this is a picture or a type or an illustration of Christ on the cross. Jesus died. That would be the bird in the pot. Jesus rose again. That would be the live bird that flew away. And his blood sprinkled over us to cleanse us from the leprosy of our sin. All of Leviticus 14 is a picture of Jesus Christ on the cross. And then it continues where the leopard was to shave all of the hair off his body on the seventh day, including the eyebrows, if he had any. And then on the eighth day, they would sacrifice the lamb and they would take the blood of the lamb and put a dab. Watch this. A dab of blood on the right ear, which is a picture of redemption. And then they were to put the blood on the right thumb, which is a picture of the blood of Jesus that cleanses what we do. And then they were to put the blood on the big toe of the right foot. And then the priest would take some oil and seven times sprinkle it before the Lord. Now, Calvary Chapel people, please tell me you know the answer to this. Oil represents what in the Bible? Very good, the Holy Spirit. So we aren't just redeemed and we aren't just saved, but we're also empowered by the Spirit. And then they were to present the leper publicly. Well, in verse 15 in your Bible, the leper wasn't to tell anybody, but somehow everybody found out. Are you getting me? Multitudes of people came to hear and to be healed by Jesus of their sickness. And then in verse 16, but Jesus withdrew into The very wilderness, get this, that he just came out of from the temptation in chapter four, which is beyond me. If I just had a battle with the devil, I'm not going back in that same wilderness. I'll pick another wilderness. But Jesus went back into that very same wilderness. Why? Because he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. What can we learn from this? Cursory read, saints, listen. Cursory read. What can we learn from this? Jesus touches the untouchable. I don't know about you, but one day I was untouchable and Jesus touched me. Jesus came to those who are kicked out and rejected. Or maybe you're here today and maybe your wife has kicked you out. Or maybe your husband has kicked you out. Or maybe your kids and your family has rejected you. And like the leper, when you come around them, they back away. Or maybe you're here today and you feel like that leper because of what you've done. Or what you haven't done? Are you listening? Or what you said? Or what you haven't said? And you feel like that leper. Listen, if that's you, you need to do, hear me, you need to do what the leper did. What did the leper do? He came to Jesus. He didn't try to fix his own situation. Don't you know you can't fix your own situation? If you could fix it, it'd already be fixed. Say amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. If you could fix it, it would already be fixed. It's not fixed, so you can't fix it. What you need to do is go to Jesus who can fix it. Do what the leper did. He came to Jesus. He came humbly. He came confidently. That's another sermon. He came confidently. And he said, Lord, if you are willing. Can you imagine? That was a bold move on that man's part because no leper does that. You don't do that. You don't go up to people. You don't go into crowds of people. You stay in your leper colony. But he knew Jesus had the power to heal. And he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, if you are willing, then cleanse me of my leprosy. And Jesus said, I am willing. Don't you know I'm coming in for a landing? Don't you know Jesus is always willing? Jesus is always willing. Problem is we're not willing. We don't come to him. When we have problems, we have situations, we have circumstances in our life, we don't come to him. We come to Jesus like emergency management. And nobody here. I know I'm not I'm not preaching to anybody here. I'm talking to myself right now. But we come to Je- we come to Jesus in an emergency. God wants us to come to him always with every situation, whatever your situation. Economic turndown, he will turn it for you right side up. Sickness in your family, he will heal you if that be his will. Problems in your marriage, he will restore that. Addictions and pornography and drugs and all of these things, don't you know God has the power and is able to heal and to deliver from the guttermost to the uttermost? Don't y'all know? Yes, he is. Is anything too hard for God? Nothing's even hard for God. If we will just come to him, he is willing. There's nothing wrong with God. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. There's nothing wrong with God. Problem is us. We don't come. If we come, He said, I will in no wise cast you out. You take a step toward him, he will take a step toward you. I hope that encourages you today. I hope that lifts your spirit. I hope that that gives you direction. What do you do in your circumstance? Pastor Riley, you don't know my circumstance. Nope, I don't. But God does. Isn't that great? He knows. Financial problems. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. You're his child. He'll not turn his back on you. I can honestly tell you I've been walking with the Lord for 26 years and I've never regretted it. And he's never turned his back on me. And he's always been there for me. And he'll be there for you. But you just have to come to him. And this man, he begged. The Bible tells us, ask and you shall receive. You don't even have to beg. You just Ask. God will do it. Take hope. Take heart. You serve a great God. Not to fear.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 Until next time, may you be salt and light.